There's also some like a peppering of magic realism in, in ways in this film. A lot of it is, some of it you're like, you don't realize it when, you, when you're when you watching it, but afterwards you're like, what, what was that fire scene? That was weird. <laughs> yeah. like, it's really yeah. They go to dreamlike. a weird yeah. party, don't they? This yeah. weird party so of American, Americans, party. maybe. Welcome to episode 92. Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of the Flix Watcher podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Helen. Hello. And Sam. Hello. And Kelly. Hi. Or Killy. Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> From the Curzon Cinema podcast. And we're going to be talking today about Alfonso Cuaron's film, Roma. As always, guys, we have all the show notes online at flixwatcher.tv for all the episodes. So please come and visit us there. Of course, join us on Twitter at flixwatcherpod. And please come to iTunes, rate us and subscribe. Warning, there will be spoilers. There will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today are Kelly and Sam. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them about the podcast you do, please. Well, hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so we're from the Curzon Film Podcast. Um, it's a week- weekly podcast. Um, that touches on the latest film coming out uh, at Curzon Cinemas that week. Yeah, so we're up to two films a week now. We sometimes tack on a few more. Um, And we have special guests each week as well. Mm -hmm. So in the past, we've had Greta Gerwig, we've had Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, excuse me, uh, Paul Dano, uh, Willem Dafoe, amongst many others. Nice. Uh, Mark Mark Gatiss was on there recently. He was. Mark Gatiss came on to talk about The Favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you kind of rank the films? How do you class the films that the Curzon chooses? Because you don't have you don't tend to have the super mega blockbusters of Transformers. Yeah, is that is that a godsend? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes <laughs> you want to talk about those big ones, and sometimes they do have it. Yeah. Um, but we we sort of um, will cover uh, artificial eye films. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we're looking more at the kind of more art house, more perhaps quote unquote prestige films. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be too much of a snob about it, but. I could, that's probably the best way to describe the films. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the smaller films sometimes they don't get so much yeah. uh, publicity. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing with podcasting, especially what you guys and yeah. Curzon do. Uh, and also, you have the Curzon at Home. Is it Curzon at Home? Curzon Home Cinema. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is fantastic, and I still need to. Is Faces Places still on there? I believe it is. Yeah, that's one of my films. I need to. It's on my list of things to see. I don't know that one. It's a film by Agnes, sorry, Agnes Varda. Directed and starring. Yeah, and she goes through with it with an, an artist whose name I can't remember, and they go around taking JR. Pictures, JR. <laughs> yeah, and they go around taking pictures of people's faces and In blow places. them up like to like the size of skyscrapers and like put them on the side of the side of buildings. It sounds a bit odd, but if you just watch the trailer, you're just like, I want to see how that film plays out. It's a really it sweet really film. Cool. Yeah, we actually did an episode on that as well. Yeah, well, I need to. I think I'll probably <laughs> listen to it. Uh, today we are talking about Roma, which was your choice, Kelly. Yeah. So can you tell us? why you chose it and give us a two minute synopsis yeah sure so I chose it because I think it's probably one of the best films I've seen in the last 10 years huge statement but I stand by it Let's let's see how the rest of the uh, <laughs> twenty odd minutes plays out, and yeah, exactly. we agree with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it was a, a brilliantly made film. It really moved me. I, I saw it twice, mm-hmm. um, and I I just f- fell in love with it. I feel like it's a film that is rarely made these days, um, and I think he's a genius filmmaker, and I just loved every moment of it. 
So that's why I chose it. And before you talk about it, when you said you saw it twice, how did, did you yeah. watch them, those? But both in the in the big screen. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. All right, go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> bit jealous here. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's basically it. Um, it's a film by uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Um, it takes place uh, between 1970 and 1971 in Roma, um, a neighborhood in Mexico City, where uh, Cuarón grew up. And it basically follows the story of Cleo, um, which is uh, who's based on. Uh, Libo, uh, Quaron's um, sort of domestic worker and nanny uh, growing up in real life. Mm. Um, and it's a movie based all, solely on his memories um, and a retelling of sort of her story from her perspective. Uh, and the film's dedicated to her as well. Um, so it's, a, it's an intensely personal story mm. um, and a very humanist story as well, I think. Is Quaron represented in any of the children in yes. the family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, I think, the, young, the, the youngest uh, son. I think right. his name is Pepe. Yeah. I think that was his name. Well, that's who he's based on, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's the little kid who sort of has the, um, the foretelling, like the, he, he sort of re- retells his past lives yeah. to her uh, just in, in passing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that's who his character is supposed to be based on. Cool. What did you guys think of it before? You said already one of the best films of the past <laughs> 10 years, so that's wearing your heart on your sleeve there. What do you reckon, Sam? Um, it was definitely one of my favourites of last year. Um, I saw it with Kelly on the big screen, and uh, this was her second time watching it, my first time. And I turned around at one point, and she was sobbing, like, <laughs> intensely sobbing. Um and it, it took me it took me about half an hour to really get into it, I think, because I had no idea what this film was about or what I was going to expect. I just heard it was amazing. And all the trailers, they didn't really sell it as in for what it was. Mm. And it took me time to really get absorbed into that world that he was putting forward to us. And yeah, I loved it. I think that was also intentional, no? Yeah. The, the sort of slow, yeah. slow build and he sort of sucks you in slowly. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I, I said... I sort of said this thing to people where I was like, well, the, the opening titles are either you, you feel like you're going to love it or hate it. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of foretelling of the, because it's very slow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just it water washing time. over the yeah. tiles. And I, like, that's, you know, the, the pace of the movie is telling you what the pace of the movie is going to be in the first sort of 30 seconds. Well, I, I, I loved it. I mean, I watched it as soon as I realized that it was on Netflix because I didn't realize that it had such a short, cinema lifespan yeah and so were you trying to get to see in the cinema yeah i, I looked at every cinema um possible and it, it had just gone i'd missed it and then i was like it's on netflix i need to remedy this straight away um yeah I, it's just they don't make films like this anymore <laughs> and it's it's really beautiful um there's some kind of bizarre funny moments as well but it's yeah i really loved it yeah, I'm a huge fan of this film. Um, I'm so jealous that you guys saw it on the big screen. <laughs> and, I, and it's going to play into a small screen score. Um, I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, but what was your kind of knowledge of how much experience have you guys had of Quaron before? Because I think this is this is his most personal film, but I think his history before this is still, like, stellar. Yeah, it, this is his fourth masterpiece, as far as I'm concerned. So I'd say Itu Mama Tambien, um, Gravity, Children of Men, and now, what the one Roma and Roma, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one we're on, yeah, the one we're talking about, uh, yeah, and that one, um, yeah, I think. And when, when directors say, Oh, this is gonna be my most personal film, 
I think like, like you're sometimes that's met with an eye roll. I think sometimes you're like, oh, here we go. It's a director kind of just telling a story just because they want to tell it, not because they feel like there's a need to tell it. And I think, do you remember the Francis Ford Coppola film, um, Tetro? Nope. That was so exactly. <laughs> so this is one he made like later in his career, and it was black and white, and it was sort of loosely based on his childhood, and it's so like self indulgent. Um, and I was worried that this was going to be the same, but I think. Using just his memories, he's made something really, really so like transcendent and beautiful. Yeah, the, the, he said he said in, a, in 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 interviews in, in the past that the movie is eighty to ninety percent based on his memories alone. Yeah, you know, it's literally just. Uh, and he's also said something that I, I love. This quote: He said he wanted the movie to feel as though a ghost of the present is visiting the past and sort of just playing out in those sort of uh, slow sort of meandering terms. Because it does take, and like you said from the start, it does take its kind of sweet time about mm. even the opening scene. Yeah. And I mean, but from the start, you're kind of like, I like I like how this looks, but I'm not sure what's happening here. I'm not sure what's <laughs> going on here. Um, and I mean, Quaron has, has worked with um, Chivo from the start, yeah. uh, Manuel Lebetsky. And for me, there's, there's a few things in this film. It's like, A... Quaron hasn't got Lebetsky, so he shot this himself. Yeah. And amount, the amount of times I was like, well, that, that shot looks amazing, but also, fuck off, mate. How are you doing <laughs> yeah, that? Exactly. That's ridiculous. Because there's so many times where the cameras look static and then it pans and then it like, then it tracks across. Yeah. And like one, and some of the, some of the scenes and shots are so long. You just think, how have you actually put that together in a way that doesn't look contrived? It doesn't look mm. like it looks looks super supernatural. So when you talk about the ghosts, yeah, like yeah. just hovering there, it's just like the ghosts there, yeah. and it floats along and mm. it turns around the corner, and they're still like following this thing. <laughs> There's so many shots like that which are like absolutely, actually like people wouldn't recognise how good they are when they compared to like gravity and stuff like that. Mm. But that kind of cinematography is like fantastic, hundred percent. And he yeah. hasn't got his main cinematographer yeah. mate doing that with him, so he's done. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he's, he's a show off. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> I think the thing as well is like with Children of Men and with Gravity, he is showing off. He's yeah. showing you, oh, this is this is what you can do with filmmaking if you really push every single element of it, every single all the acting, the effects, the camera work. These are all the amazing things you can do. And here, he feels more restrained and pulled all of that back. It's still, it's just as impressive, not more impressive, but the camera feels a lot more invisible here. I mean, I, I know you said that the camera work is beautiful, but I didn't spend the whole film like. Being too aware of the camera, because you know, in Children of Men, like the water will splash on the lens and it will stay mm. on there, and the same in Gravity, like things will hit the camera, so it kind of it breaks that wall. This one doesn't do that so much. So what what happened for me is that the scene will be playing out, and then I suddenly realise, oh, this has been like going on for five minutes, yeah, and but we've it takes moved, you a while, yeah, and we've moved from one like location to like three other places, and that's when I'd be like, yeah, and on a rewatch like, as yeah. well, you're just like, whoa, whoa, I didn't realise that this was this complex in the yeah, 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 because I think that you're not intended to, right? I think you are no. supposed to be sucked into it completely, just like lose yourself in the story, and he does that so well. But yeah, when you do watch it with with the second time, and you kind of are looking out for the more technical aspects of the film. It's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. Just also his framing, the, yeah. the composition of the shots as well. You're just like, he he's he's a genius. It's amazing. <laughs> I love this film. I'm, I'm going to go back to you, Helen. Um, but in terms of the award stuff, uh, we just yeah. had the Golden Globes come out. Um, hopefully this will get some recognition. I mean, awards, who kind of gives a shit in real life. But <laughs> it'd be nice for um, Roma to be recognised in some way, yeah. but not I mean, just it, in the foreign language, I think. It's... It's probably going to end up there and would be 
What, foreign language? Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be nominated for best film. I, mean, oh, I, think, I think it might, yeah, I think I think it'll be nominated for best film. Yeah. I think it'll be nominated. Because it's up to 10 films. Yeah. But whether they choose it is a different think, thing. I think it's it's got the potential to win. I mean, the Golden Globes have shown that this awards season is not over yet. There's a long way to go before we know who's actually going to win. There's no locking. I think the only locking, actually, is that this will win best foreign language film. I think that's the only award that is it's definite. It's definite a definite shoe in, yeah. But cinematography has yeah. got to be. Yeah, up yeah. There. I'd love it to win cinematography. Um, and I think direct. I think he's got a real chance at best director as well. Yeah. How? I mean, there's, there was another black and white film that came out this year, which, which people are lauding in Cold War, which is one of your favourites of last mm. year. Yeah, Ellen. that's not been as popular in in terms of kind of reach as Roma. How was Roma's it looking? Been much in, bigger in terms of visual aspects that was shot in a, in a much more muted that had like frame. a square yeah um, square I mean, ratio it's, it's kind of got the same feel i mean it's very much you know a kind of perfect period piece that you watch it and you get completely sort of enveloped in the era that you're in and you just kind of forget everything else and mm. all you think about and feel is what's going on on the screen so it is quite similar in that sense even though the, kind of the storytelling and kind of this, this topic is a little bit different Mm. I we, think, um, yeah, Karen. Oh no, I was just going to say we 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 did an episode of Cold War and and, and uh, Sam inter- got to interview um, the actors um, and yeah, that was also definitely one of my favourites of last year as well. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Big year, black and white. Big yeah. year, yeah, period, yeah. black and white pieces. It's like all the films next year were black and white because they did so well. <laughs> um, so you said four, quite on for it's a moment Tambien, yeah, uh, Gravity. Um, Children of Men Children of Men and this yeah. no Prisoner of Azkaban I love Prisoner of Azkaban I do think that's the best Harry Potter film probably is I can't remember the storyline that's the one with the werewolf and they have the time turner at the end don't they all have the werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't, I don't really yeah. know it is, it is a really good uh, Harry Potter film the one he did and I love the story that Del Toro had to talk him into doing it yeah because he thought, oh, this is trash. I'm not going to waste my time with a children's book. And then Del Toro's like, no, you're being arrogant. You've got to do it. <laughs> I love how those guys um, work together. Like yeah. him, Inuritu, Del Toro, and, and Quaron are like like busy mates. Yeah, yeah. And like pr- properly push each other on. Slowly taking over cinema. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's like interesting cinema. What No matter what you think of Shape of Water, it's like a divisive film, but it's still like, hey, this looks like stunning it's a different type of film mm. you wouldn't just get this in the standard Hollywood system but I love how the, those three guys have come from like from Mexico City doing personal films Itamama Tambien Amores yeah. um, Peros still some of my favourite films not just foreign films I just think they're fantastic yeah. um, and then they've come to Hollywood done amazing big blockbuster films on the same time doing their small personal films Yeah, and it's just like who are these people who <laughs> come from a place where no one really would consider to have like a, a dearth of, of filmmakers and they're, and they're great friends as well and yeah. like super stoked when Del Toro won his Oh yeah, yeah, they're all and they yeah, as you said, they spur each other on and they push each other and they also share their work. So I think that that's something that a lot of people don't know is that um, they yeah they they kind of sort of share the the screenplay at the early stages and but this one was different because um, uh, Quaron uh, didn't show either of them really yeah his screen he just he showed no one the screenplay didn't he, didn't to um produce this as well or was he involved in some I'm not too sure maybe okay. he produced I think he might be on as, as a, a producer but uh, but he showed no one the screenplay because he said that he wanted it to be totally his memories sort of come come to life um, and uh, I think uh, it shows that's totally his film I really talking of memories I really like the little nod to gravity 
when we're at the cinema. Mm. There's a few nods like to his that. other previous films oh, yeah. dotted in dotted in this, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. So that is Marooned, the film they go to see at the yeah. cinema with the uh the uh, the astronaut stranded in space. Mm. And when I when I first saw this I thought, okay, we get it. Like a nice little wink to the audience. Ha ha. But watching it again, I think I kind of more saw that as like a comment about how the film is so like every moment is has profoundly affected every single character's life and how it's talking about memories just made up of these small little moments that you don't think of at the time but actually have these huge effects on you in the future. I just like this idea of Quaron being you know, six or seven in the cinema watching this film and then 30, 40 years later winning Best Director at the Oscars <laughs> for a film influenced by that. Yeah. And that's what the film does really well and you write about this, about memory. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I wrote a piece for our blog uh, on our uh, blog site. Well, for send Roma. us a link to it, and we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, it I will, I will. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of wrote about memory and just sort of um, just the choices people make um, and how they sort of affect different people, and not realizing, you know, how, what your actions can sort of uh, have on someone else or like a fact. Like I think it's shown a lot in the uh, men's actions um, in the film is that they they make a decision and sort of the rest of the people have to sort of live with, with the it. consequences. Yeah. Uh, like the father or uh, for men. Oh, you, for men, yeah. For men, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's what? just uh, that also. Yeah, when when for men shows up at the um in the store after the riot. Well, let's talk about for, yeah. Let's talk well, about let's, let's go take about to Cleo, really. Mean, yeah, we don't, we haven't, we haven't yeah. talked much about Cleo and she's her oh, story yeah, based on, course, yeah. on the maid. Helen, take us through Cleo. So I mean, she is the the star of the film. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure of the background or how she came to be in this project but but she's not she's this not is a, her first acting not an actress yeah um, I mean it's someone that which again fuck off <laughs> yeah exactly come on <laughs> I mean it, it's someone that you're just instantly with from the moment you meet them um, it, you know it's just a normal person living their life with these sort of moments of complete normal life and then incidents of kind of sort of violence I guess at different moments and she's just there throughout the whole film always there always there for the family yeah. and always just this one constant thing that they have did she even cry before the end um no I don't think so oh she cried a little bit uh, in the scene where her baby dies right uh, but but I'd, I think she's a very stoic kind of character all throughout. Mm. Um, and you kind of do get the sense that she's just doing what she needs to do to survive. And yeah. that's that's who she is, you know. And I love this idea that, like, he's following someone just living their daily life. But it's infused with such drama. And you really realize that life is, that is what life is, basically. It's just like mundane nothingness until something happens and yeah. then you know you sort of it sparks something mm. and you go off and then it goes back kind of finds it's a balance again and an equilibrium and, and he um yeah so she, she she's a, a stoic character that sort of isn't she just kind of isn't fast she's go, going about her her business until you know her life changes in, in different ways and but it's i think the movie at the at the base of it is about the connect human connection you know and like a real bond between people and what life just brings you together and how you sort of that's what life is it's yeah. like that's what existence kind of me i think he's a very existentialist filmmaker do you feel that because it was come from the the youngest boy's point of view mm. if we if we take that interpretation that he perhaps didn't understand i mean we didn't see the scenes where even though Cleo is the main character, we don't see the scenes where she's like, she she finds out she's pregnant and then Fermin, her, her quote-unquote boyfriend, 
like fucks off and leaves yeah. her alone. In, that, in other films, that would have been like the center point of like her breaking yeah. down, and you would have yeah. seen mm. like, oh, what do I do? Do I go through the abortion? But that never seemed to be. No, it's just like taken in yeah. stride. Yeah. Yeah. The film's kind of a slow burn into us figuring out who Cleo actually is as well, because even though she's in almost every, she's in every scene and. Mm. It feels like she's in every shot as well, um, which is actually a lot of pressure to put on an actress who's never been in a film before. Yeah. Um, and the actress, Yelitsa Aparicio, who yeah. I think was she was a school teacher. Yeah, she didn't want to be in the film. Yeah. He'd begged her, basically. And she was like, oh, well, I'll only be in the film if my best friend Nancy can be in the film. And he was like, okay, we'll <laughs> put her in the film. And then it, Nancy was the other maid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's actually her best friend who played opposite her. And you can kind of tell they yeah. have like a special... No, you said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it takes it takes time for her because often she's just kind of going along with either doing what she's told with the family or she's very even when she's with her friends, she's very quiet and very internal. And it takes a lot of time for that to really explode and come out of her. And you see like what kind of character she really is and what her feelings and her desires and everything is. But that that helps because it helps you really get this kind of interest in her to figure out who this person is that the camera's, you know, always on. Yeah, you actually really care about her, yeah. and, so that it kind of makes it even more affecting that by the you know that's the 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 ocean scene, uh, which is I think I was blo absolutely blown away by the scene, just everything about it. That it, you know when she feels she, she that, that catharsis at the end, yeah, yeah. she can swim, yeah, um, and so you feel it as well. You really are with her side by side all the way because you've been lulled into this. The, you live literally living through her and I think that's the genius of his filmmaking and that was another one of those fuck off scenes where I was just like <laughs> stop it say, now yeah take yeah. behave <laughs> glad he's showing off take the young kids make sure he's safe make sure he's protected from the sun oh the older all, all kids are in the in the wave somewhere you can't find them you can hear like them off in the distance she, she just walks in to, it just saves them and pulls them out and everyone suddenly gathers around to what is one of the best shots I've seen on I mean, we're pointing at the picture wall here, mm. but if you've seen a picture of Roma, you've seen the shot where the aftermath of the save and the whole family's gathered around together. And that's all like one shot. There's like a seven or eight minute shot mm. and it finishes with that shot, that, that one image. And you're just like, what? <laughs> what is going, how? And that's the emotional crux. That's the emotional yeah. high point of the whole film. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's when she, that's when she really shows you how she feels, you yeah. know, after this crisis has happened and, She's just kind of gone. She's got, it's, it's, it's a kind of a mini metaphor for the whole film because she's kind of like she she just kind of did, did what she, she needed to do. Yeah. yeah, even though she couldn't swim. Um, that birth scene, Helen. <laughs> I'm looking at you because you've been a bit quiet. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's terrifying, isn't it? Really, because you're you're there with her, um, but you kind of get a feeling that it's it's probably not going to turn out very well. The hallmarks are there from the start. Um, oh. Yeah, it's 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 total trauma, isn't it? That's all that is. And the build-up from, you know, these really violent um, uh, protests that are happening yeah. very much in the background, but the fact that, you know, this character who at this point you really love um, is in this situation amongst all this going on around her and then it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and, you know, they're, st they're stuck in traffic as well on the way after they, they're held up in this shop. And it just ramps up until, and it happens so quickly. The um, the birth and the doctor tells her that the baby's died. So, sort of matter of fact, yeah. and so quick. And you're like, oh, and wait, she's wait, completely what? on her own as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. So, oh, it's hard. 
Honestly, that's when I, I, like from that moment on, I just couldn't stop crying for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> Both times I saw it. I knew I was coming, I couldn't stop it. <laughs> oh. I mean, th- we've talked a lot of, of the more sadder ones, but there are, there are some quite funny moments in mm. it as well because the other female character is the mother of the house, Sophia, and at the same time, she's going through a marital breakup. Mm. Um, and I particularly enjoy like the juxtaposition of the husband returning the car home and his precision of parking to her returning the car home pissed and That's a total smashing the you. shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you to the house, yeah. fuck you yeah. to the car. <laughs> and thing, little things like that, which, I mean, the women carry this film. Um, men do not come off particularly well in this film. And, I mean, there is a lot of shit as well, actual shit. Yeah. From Bo- <laughs> Boris, is that the dog? Boris the dog. Yeah. 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 Who basically... I mean, he's obviously a beloved pet, but basically just spends most of his time <laughs> shitting in the alleyway. Yeah. But also, I was kind of thinking to Cleo and Cleo's friend, like, I'm clean up the shit when it's there. <laughs> Who needs to tell you that <laughs> to clean it up? But I think you get the sense that yeah. it like happens all the time. Yeah, like, so literally, like... they would just be cleaning shit like <laughs> they should in take a loop. Boris to the vet, I think that's too much. That's too much dog shit. Dog, yeah, he's, he's got something wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not want to talk about Fermin? And his mad martial arts skills. Oh, yeah. Ah, and Professor, what's his name? Professor, uh, I've written it down here, uh, Zovic. <laughs> that weird. The man who can stand on one leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no one else can but clear. But clear, yeah. 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 There's, there's also some like a uh, uh, little pe- peppering of magic realism in, in ways in this film. A lot of it is, some of it you're like, you don't realize it when you when you're watching it, but afterwards you're like, "What? What was that fire scene? That was weird." <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, it's really yeah. weird. Oh, they go to a weird yeah. party, don't they? This yeah. weird party so of um, Amer- Americans, party. maybe. I guess some of them are American. A, mm. Yeah, it's a mix of different people. Yeah, yeah well, they go shooting strange. and have yeah. parties. It's like weird. I think I think a lot of the, the that those those weird surreal moments, a dreamlike moments, happen with with nature. Like mm. a yeah. the, the earthquake in the hospital is right. another ver- yeah, yeah. one of those, mm. and like. She uh, again during the earthquake. Everyone else was running around. She was just steadfast. Yeah, just chilled. Um, I like, don't, oh. What was she doing during the fire scene? Because everyone else was running around. I can't remember recalling what she looking after the kids. Yeah, she was helping put out little yeah, patches with the kids. F- yeah. Ineffectual firefighting <laughs> yeah. buckets of water. I think yeah. these bits play into memory again because mm-hmm. they're like these moments where you're like, did it happen like that? I'm pretty sure it happened like that. That's yeah. weird when I think about it, but I'm sure it happened like that. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of it it, it kind of it, you you it makes you realize again that like, oh, I'm watching something from someone's memory. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of the effect. Um, yeah, I, I love the sort of play on nature in this film as well. Just like, also just realizing those elements of life that you're not what of you're not in control of, mm. you know, and like the the effects that something can have on you that you kind of just have to roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. What has anyone tried to stand on their leg with the <laughs> eyes closed? I know yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> you're doing yoga all the time with your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. I've never done that yoga. Going to the wrong yoga, mate. I don't think so. You're not zen enough. No, 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 no I've never actually tried it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, after watching, watch, whilst watching the film, I thought, can I do that? And then I completely forgot to try. <laughs> well, so I will try. try. Later. I will try later yeah. and do that. Uh, but she, again, she was the only person that could do it out of the like yeah. the hundreds of people. She was very pregnant, and she was the only person that could do it, which is again an indicator of what kind of person yeah. she is. Mm. Um, a Furman's naked bow <laughs> skills. I mean, is that what you wanted to talk about? I mean. <laughs> He, if we're talking about villains in it, then mm. he's he's the villain of the story, I think. I mean, you kind of do feel 
a little bit sorry for him to begin with and then you just realise he's just a bit of a prick. And she knows that as well. Well, when that walkout scene... Mm. That's just that's just harsh. Yeah. That's, that's proper harsh. I didn't expect to see him again. I kind of felt he was just a sort of pathetic loser, and that was it for him. But then, when he comes back with the um, uh, the kind of large martial arts scene, mm. you think, okay, where is this character going? And then when he shows up in that the last bit in the shop, you're like, okay, this character is a baddie. <laughs> like, he's a bad person <laughs> yeah. now. Um, but I think that also that it was interesting for for Quaron uh, to to frame it like that because it's all it's all. The, the political sort of mm. uprising and, and, and student protests that are happening at the time is social and political context for what, what was happening sort of when he was growing up. But it's never the focus. I think a lesser film would have made it the focus. Mm. The and movie, never really explained. Yeah, it's just in the background. Yeah. It's, it's like happening, you know. Again, I guess if, it, if it's from a, a young boy's point of view, it's just like stuff that's happening in the background. Yeah. I mean, I noticed the Mexico 70 yeah. uh, World Cup sticker. And that's probably was the main thing that was in in his kind of sphere of influence at that kind of time. I remember like stuff like happening with the minor strikes when I was younger. I just remember being on a TV, but having not one fucking clue about what <laughs> what it meant up until. Yeah, and actually, Del Toro does that really well in his films, like in Devil's Backbone. You kind of have um, is it at the end of the Spanish? Is the end of World War Two? Is mm-hmm. that right? Devil's Backbone, um, and then Pan's Labyrinth Pan's has Labyrinth. this Spanish, Spanish Civil War. War. Yeah. These are things that are just kind of in the background, mm. just to give context to these events. And yeah, so obviously it's something that they share, this idea that giving things context without making them the focus and they're really skilled at it. Do you guys have, before going to the score, do you have a favourite of the three amigos based on the films? Mm. Uh, I, my, I, definitely not Inaritu. He's my least favourite. He's won the most though. I know, but that's why... <laughs> I mean, I, the Revenant, a bit nah. cocky now, is he? Nah, the Revenant can... Nah, I wasn't into it. Um, I, I think he's getting a bit ahead of himself. Like, right. Chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> and he stole, no, but... he stole Chiba off. Um, he did. Yeah. yeah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gave him a, it gave him a turn to, that phone to, to shine. Um, yeah, Alfonso, I've, been, I've got some really good shit coming up. Can I borrow, can I steal your, your main man? Yeah, of course. Um, um, yeah, yourself. Yeah. Um, so not, not in your Ritsu. No. Nah. Okay. I mean, I like all three. I think... I think after Roma, I might be edging towards Quaron. Mm. I was always a Del Toro boy, and I have his that. Yeah, I have the big Del the, the big Del Toro book, The oh. Cabinet of Curiosities, which is like his notebook, mm. but um, blown up into like a coffee table sized book. I love that book. But um, they do different things so well. They do different yeah. things, yeah. And I think it might be Quaron after Roma. I think he's got more to give. Maybe I don't know. H. I don't have a favorite. I like them all for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> is the cheater's way out. I, I think I'm going for Quaron. Mm. Um, yeah. Utamama Tambien is yeah. one of my favourite films when I like was learning how to watch foreign films and I think it's just still amazing now. Um, and this is amazing. I don't think I'll watch Gravity again though. See, this is it. it like, I enjoyed watching Gravity at the cinema, but mm. I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. I love Gravity. I love that movie. I've seen it many yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Children of Men is still is lovely. That's one of the I best films of the 21st century. 100%, yeah. Um, but the other guys, I don't think, I don't care for them as much. I love, I really love Amoros Peros. I think it's my favourite Inuritu film. But I think, I, Bird, we've had Birdman on here. Yeah. Um, Which is a very like, mixed film. I don't like Birdman yeah. that much. I, li- I, li- I really like The Revenant. You hate it, don't you, Kelly? <laughs> I don't hate it. I just think that it got way too much praise for what it was. And I thought it was a lot, there was like moments where I scoffed a lot. I was just like, oh, 
They're choking. Is that really <laughs> what's happening right now? The stupid nah, cave wall scene? God, no, get stuffed. <laughs> nah, there were moments I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not into it. I think a lot of the praise for Birdman and uh, the Revenant were both on, on Chivo as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Birdman, but for. I thought it was a good film. I just don't think it deserved all the praise. Well, that was that it the year the Boyhood should have won. Yeah, hundred percent. It will always be the year the Boyhood didn't win. Rather and also, than exactly. it was a great exactly. in that year as well. Uh, yeah. It was, I yeah. think. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough year, but that, I would. Good year for films about drumming, though. Yeah. Good yeah. Year. Well, yeah. what better one wasn't about drumming, but had a hell of a lot of it. Hell of a yeah. lot of it in there. <laughs> Guys, let's head to the scores. Okay. So welcome to our Flix Watcher scores. All the scores are out of five and you can have decimal places if you wish. And uh, we will start with you, Kelly, with recommendability because you chose it. Five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would I'd recommend every, everybody <laughs> to watch this film. I think it's, a, it's one that everyone should see if they can. Thanks to Netflix, now they can. Yeah, true. Only seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> your first two weeks free. I don't know what the deal is anymore. I got Netflix like five years ago. Um, Sam? Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with a five, I think. And we'll, we'll get onto this maybe with the small screen score, but the fact that Netflix have given it, you know, the fact it's on Netflix and everyone can watch it anytime, there's no excuse not to watch this film. I think having a different release, a black and white foreign language film with no clear plot mm. would, <laughs> is, is very hard to recommend to some people. But um, I would try everything I can to recommend it to someone. Do you think, I mean, it was, it's been like five years since Gravity and was he just taking his sweet time? I don't know what, has he been, had other things in development before this and this was just like the, the thing that popped up or is he just... I don't just, know what he was doing. I, I think he was, he was, this was, I think this was a, a started a long time ago. Mm. I think this has been in development, well, at least in idea form for a very long time. I'm not too sure. Uh, why maybe before film. Netflix, he couldn't get this kind of film made. Maybe yeah, and that's what that's a lot of the argument around Netflix is these days as well. Mm. Giving a a chance, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and giving giving filmmakers the money that a studio wouldn't give them. Yeah, and, and the, the space, the space, yeah, yeah. The space, and also distribution. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. The whole world can see it straight away. Because yeah. the thing, because this has a fifteen million dollar budget, which I mean, when you have a Marvel movie costing between two and three hundred million, that's quite a small figure. Mm. But I mean, 15 million for a film with no stars in a foreign language, in a non-English language, yeah. uh, all in black and white with no plot, that's still pretty big, I think. Mm. And the other thing I've heard people say a lot is that it's not just about the money with Netflix, it's that they give him the space and the time. I think this was quite a long shoot for what it is. Oh, like, I can imagine. But yeah, because he really had to get everything, because everything's so perfect in it, isn't it? Like, wait, like all the stuff in the background and the foreground and the set. All about the details. All the details. So that gives him that time. There's no like studio like going, have you finished it yet? Have you finished it yet? They give him that space and that breathing room to really get what he wants from it. Yeah. Which which goes to show. I mean, look, yeah. look at the, the end product when you give filmmakers a chance. Helen. Um, so I, I'm also going to give this a five, even though I know that there are people out there who are going to hate this, who are going to go, what? I'm not watching a film that's black and white. Subtitles? Over two hours? <laughs> nothing what, Nothing happens? Um, I mean, th there will be a lot of people that this film is not for, but I think this is a real treat for fans of cinema who really kind of appreciate all of the elements of cinema. And yeah, it's it's one of the best films of last year, easily. 
by, by far. Did you watch it last year or this year? Ooh, I think I watched it before New Year's, yeah, so okay. I watched it last year, yeah. Um, I'm going to say 4.5 because I do count the people who I wouldn't be able to recommend mm. this to mm-hmm. because they will... If standing I do recommend up for it. them. Not standing up for them, I'm just empathetic. If someone recommended a film which I wouldn't like, I'd, I'd hate them for it. Um, <laughs> not that I think everyone should see it, but I just know a lot of people will not want to not like it at all. And so it's for those people that it loses a 0.5, not because of the quality of film, but yeah. because those people... Black and white. people out there. Black and white, yeah. nope. Yeah, yeah, foreign yeah, language, yeah. non-English, out. get out. Like, how long is it? No explosions. Like, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't talk to those people. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to mix with those people, no, aren't you? Sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, four point five, which is hey, super strong for me. Mm. Uh, repeat viewing score, Kelly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give this four point eight. Um, <laughs> so you've seen this twice now I've seen it twice I'll, I'll, I think I'll watch it every year if I can uh, if it's gonna remain on Netflix um, it will be one that I come back to sure. over and over I just don't I think I need to I think uh, it might be better to give it some time in between viewings um, just for it to sit and stew and new things to come to light depending on where I am in life but I would definitely come back to this film Sam uh, I'd go 4.5 for similar reasons I think you need to really give this room space to breathe um, I think you need to give it some gaps to really muse on it and to think about it. And also, it's quite an exhausting film, like emotionally. It's not a film you'd want to... You wouldn't watch this film on a plane, for example, where you just want to mm-hmm. have something quite light and fluffy <laughs> to get through. It's quite exhausting. It's quite... Draining. It's emotionally intense. Um, so, yeah, I think 4.5 for me. How many, you've only seen it once as well? Uh, yeah, only once. Yeah. Helen? So, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to go for a three. I will watch this again, but I'm probably not going to be in a massive rush. I think what you said Sam it is it's quite a long emotional journey uh, and sort of at the end of it you're a bit like whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> strung out yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I, I will watch it again but not immediately in a rush yeah I'm going to go yeah touch higher than you but on the same kind of lines go 3.6 and I think it's the there's kind of films where you rewatch because you're just like, I need to see that again. That's amazing. Mm. Um, I didn't want to see it, watch it straight away. Like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I've seen that like twice in like five days and I will watch it again before it goes out of the cinema. This is some, this is a film that you have to watch again because there's so much. And like you said, uh, Sam, since watching it, I've just been like, what the fuck? Oh fuck. How did that happen? Okay, good. <laughs> right. And just like unpicking it. Yeah. It's almost like stuff triggers in my mind. Yeah. Like with the fire scene, I'd completely forgotten about that. But then whilst watching that, that again, that's a scene that's like eight hours with fire. And then suddenly some guy <laughs> speaking some, I think it's some Scandinavian language, does some little poem and then walks off into the Dressed distance. Dressed in a bear outfit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, what's going on in this film exactly? But it all, it's all fine. So I need to see that again yeah. because I need to see how those pieces put together for the technical and for the emotional um, yeah. fuck yeah so I need to watch it again but how often I watch it again and when I watch it again is the mm. why it's going slightly lower not as much as Spidey not, not as much as Spidey into the Spider-Verse <laughs> 3.6 um, small screen score oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't, feel, yeah. don't feel down that you're going to have to well, just lower it yeah, yeah I, I'm going to give it a 4 I think out of 5 uh, just because I mean, I'm grateful to Netflix for having it and for, you know, for, for 
making this movie possible, but mm. it just isn't. It just isn't the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's just. Thanks, I'm just sorry, Helen. <laughs> no, it isn't. I mean, I'm sure at some point in the future this film will be will be shown. I mean, the Prince Charles or something will show it at some point in the future. And in which case, get your bums into those seats if you can, mm. uh, just because it is spectacular on the big screen in a way that the movie going experience is meant to be but um, I just don't know if it's going to try I, I haven't watched it on the small screen so I don't actually know I'm just sort of speculating speculating yeah. uh, but I do think it's it's a good enough film to transcend that I think it will draw you in wherever you watch it yeah but it's not the same experience for me yeah I'd go three on this one um, because I think that even though you're right Netflix has allowed it this kind of film to have a wider uh, viewership uh, I think in every interview Quaron has given, he talks about the cinematic value of it. And I think that translating that to a small screen does take maybe something away from it. Uh, and I think, you know, it still gets a free. It's still above half because uh, it's such an impressive film. But I think, yeah, it's something slightly lost in that translation. Helen? I tried really hard to see this. It just <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> I tried so hard. I'm, I'm going to go for a four because I've only seen it on a TV size screen, <laughs> and I, I did enjoy it. I didn't. I don't think you could watch it on a laptop or anything smaller. I think that would just be there's just too much detail in there to try and get there. So I tried my best with what I had, <laughs> and. It's getting kind of a slightly elevated score because I do think it's really important that Netflix make a film like this. Because yeah, absolutely. If the studios aren't going to make them, then yeah. who is going to make them? Because no one is going to make them. Yeah. And if Netflix continue to do this, I mean, it'd be nice if they had some more films by female directors. Mm. Yeah. But you know, this this is a, a really like amazing piece for them to be behind. And if it goes on and wins more awards, then hopefully it'll give them a bit more sort of, you know, belief in yeah. what they are it's funding. It's a step in the right direction it. for them, isn't it? Yeah. And did you see the um, the press conference after the Golden Globes with Quaron where a reporter asked him, oh, um, the film is on Netflix now. Is this the, Basically, is this the end of cinema? And Quaron got quite annoyed at this question. He's like, nope, this film got a far wider cinematic release than it would have if not for Netflix. Yeah. Mm. So, so Netflix, this, so this year, or sorry, 2018, they've started to um, push out films in the cinema mm. for at least like a two-week period. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe some tentpoles ones because Bird Box, I don't think, had a release. No, it did. Bird Box, Bird Box was in cinemas for about a week. Was it? Two, yeah. yeah. So they are... So in some cases, um, I, don't, I don't think Bright had much of a release, did it? Or It had a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was long enough for people to go, their, oh, avoid this film. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of doing their bare minimum to get a notch on the uh, awards category nomination mm. thing, yeah. but not really. Because I think some films just literally had a week in one screen somewhere. So yeah. they're el eligible uh, for awards season. Award season, yeah. But... Um, Roma was like across all the uh, all yeah. the Curzons in London at least yeah. for for like a week, exactly, and then it, yeah. it spread out to more places. Um, so I could have got to see it. I just didn't. It just didn't really work out that well. Um, so I think this, I think next year, I think twenty nineteen, you'll see a lot more films that Netflix release um, with wider cinema screen, and then do almost like this Curzon home screen uh, kind of viewership yeah. where if you can't see, you can still see at home. Exactly. Yeah. For a model, and, and, I, and I really like that. I really appreciate that. And some of those will be terrible. I but for every bright, there's, you know, a Roma, I guess. <laughs> or yeah. a Roma and a Beast of No Nation. Well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it's, 
what they choose to put more kudos on. Because Bright, uh, Bird Box, they put lots of advertising on. Yeah, they really push that hard. But if it was only out for a week on the cinema, then it shows they are thinking about which films they want to push out in the cinema more. Then yeah. they want to be in the homes in the kind of like yeah just watching Netflix guys because you paid for it already. Yeah, um, I think they they're kind of thinking. If it came, if it came back to the cinema, I would go out and see it. Yeah, like if it came out next week, I would go. I think let's see where it comes to awards because when it comes to awards, if mm. it does win, they back. Yeah, So look out for that, guys. Um, small screen score for me. I'm I'm going lower. I'm Two point eight because I. The thing about small screen score as well, and a film like this, I wasn't, I didn't feel as enveloped as I could have been. Yeah. Um, and it was, a few, this perhaps leads into the engagement score. There's a few times where it could have been quite easy just to leave the room and like dance around. Uh, but I think with the engagement score, um, with the cinema, you just, you just can't, you rooted to it. So it's kind of a double whammy, but yeah, 2.8, I think for the small screen score. Um, I really want to see it as a big screen. That would just be, <laughs> fingers I crossed. need to see it on a big screen. Engagement score, Kelly. Five. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I love this film. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'd lost myself both times in this, yeah. in this movie, so that's it's just purely from feel. Um, but I I couldn't. Uh, yeah, that's literally it's what I felt when no, I. No, no, it's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I give the it best five. one of the best films of ten years. The past ten yeah. years. I mean, come the on. Past decade. Past decade. Uh, Sam. Um, I'm going to go for a five as well. I mean, even though it took me half an hour to really kind of understand what I was in for. Once I was into it, I really didn't think about anything else other than that film. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, this goes back to it helps being in the cinema to watch it. Um, but I was fully there. Like, I wasn't, yeah, not enough of thought entered my brain apart from what was happening on that screen and what's going on in Cleo's life. So, yeah, full engagement from me. Helen? See, I have to kind of be honest. So I tried to watch this <laughs> <laughs> quite late at night and... Uh, I, I find it quite soothing and had had a little sleep <laughs> through most of it um, and then picked it up again. So I can only be honest, <laughs> so I'm giving it a 4.7. <laughs> for for the, the first the time... The little yeah, nap for the, Yeah, so the, fir- the right. first time I've seen the start and the finish twice, yeah. <laughs> but not like two hours of it. So um, I can have to drop it down. Your little confession there. <laughs> I'm going 4.9 and that point one is because... The own film took it myself out of the film. The amount of times I just thought, how have you done that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, I was yeah. just like, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't... That... And more so than Gravity, because Gravity is just like, this is a spectacle, I'm just going to allow... Oh, there's the Earth. I've never seen the Earth before, that's fine. But just under... just literally the technical feat in this film, I, th- I just don't think people understand how much of a, an achievement this is t- to make it. And that and that's what took me out of the film, which is insane. You're a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause one of my best friends is a cinematographer. I've been on film sets before and just yeah. seeing how those things get set up. That beach scene, water, sand, Insane. length of that kids. time. Kids. Kids, yeah. Again, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I thought, that's why it loses the point one. Yeah. For yeah. It's too it's good too for good. its own yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives us an overall score of 4.3. That's very high. Yes. Wow. Which is a, yeah, a decent score, guys. Mm. Um, let's go to the Twitter. So... Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, every time we are recording a podcast, we will put a little shout out on Twitter and uh, you, you, it's easy to find because there'll always be a, a little gift there that you can um, see. So today we had, we were reviewing Roma with, 
uh, chaos pal. Chaos underscore pal and Sam Howlett underscore one. Lots of underscores going on there. From <laughs> Curzon Cinemas. Have you seen us? Tell us your thoughts for our on-air shout-out on Flix Watchers. So look out for those. Um, so if you'd like to read the first one, Kelly. Oh, sure. Uh, okay, this is by, uh, Death by Film Podcast. Um, a work of art and ex- an an extremely personal and beautiful story. There's no reason this should appeal to anyone but Qu- but Quaron, but it does. And if it doesn't connect with you, you can certainly appreciate the incredible execution and filmmaking. Yeah, Sam, you want to take the next one? Sure. This is from at IMDb Journey. Uh, technically amazing and beautiful cinematography with some fantastic scenes that will sit with me for a while. However, the first half is a bit of a drag and the very slow pace did take its toll on me. So it's given three stars and one lightning bolt. Which Interesting will... ranking system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we either say that's three and a half or I... four. How are we going to go with that? Let's go three and a half. I think based on what, what uh, the yeah. IMDb Journey podcast said before that. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time. Um, three, 4.3 for a foreign language film in black and white. <laughs> Very should be high. Seen in the cinema. I thought it was going to be a bit lower than that because I thought the small screen score would be a bit lower. But you guys have rallied that a bit. Um, can you let us know where we can find you online and um, say sayonara to the, to the listener? Yes, listener. So, <laughs> one listener. Uh, That's the you. Curzon podcast is out uh, every Friday. Uh, you can find us on Acast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also find us through the Curzon blog, which has its own website as well. Yeah. Um, and personally, um, I'm on Letterboxd. Um, and my username is Kelly P Triple E or on Twitter, uh, KS underscore Powell. Yes, and I'm on Twitter at Sam Howlett underscore one. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye. We say goodbye, not you. Sorry. I'm used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can find all of the episodes on our website, flixwatcher.tv. Want to give us your five-star review? Follow us at flixwatcherpod on Twitter. Big shout out to our editor, Brendan Russell, for all his awesome editing skills. And thanks as always to the mighty people for their tunes. <laughs>